Welcome to the Disney View Podcast. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer. He's a one-time cast member, and he's been to Disney World literally hundreds of times. Listen in as he talks about one of his favorite things, the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, and occasionally beyond the Orlando theme park. And now, here's your host. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, last time I was talking about Epcot and its construction and uh, some of the interesting facts about how Epcot came to be. But I wanted to continue the story of Epcot and talk a little bit more about it. So on today's podcast, I brought with me a guest, and he's a friend of mine named Charles. And Charles is an original cast member at, uh, at Epcot. So that was a good long time ago, so I won't point out to you how old Charles must be in that case. But um, just keep in mind that uh, you know, we're going to talk about Epcot and all the, you know, the fun things that, uh, that kind of went on with it. So let me introduce Charles. Charles, how are you doing today? Oh, doing great, Dave. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Hey, glad to have you, and it's always good to chat with you and, and talk, a, talk a little Disney and have some fun. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, Charles and I were cast members at the same, happened to be at the same time. Charles had been there a little longer than me, but uh, you know, we, have a, we have a long connection there, uh, Charles and I. We, uh, we went to school together, so always good. So anyway, Charles, you happened to be, uh, you happened to be working at Disney World when Epcot opened, and uh, you, you worked out at Epcot, I think I remember you saying, when, uh, when they were doing construction. Yes, uh, I actually, um, I first started at uh, Disney as a, uh, you know, for the uh, spring break, and just as a, you know, casual, regular employee, you know, part-time employee for spring break, and then over the summer, rather than going back over to uh, Frontierland Foods, where I, you know, started working at, uh, actually worked with my dad on, on the construction crew for Epcot Center, and I was an oiler on a drag line. So I actually got to see, uh, you know, really Epcot while it was being built, and that was uh, back in 1980, and was you know working in, in construction. Uh, so even you know well before it opened, I kind of got to see it from the ground up. I spent the summer working construction there, and then when the summer was over, back in school, uh, went back to work over the Magic Kingdom as a uh, part timer. Up until the time uh, I decided to go ahead and. Up you know, joined the, uh, the opening crew there and became, you know, opening cast member at Epcot Center. That's cool. So what was it like, you know, kind of being out there before it was open? I mean, you know, Disney had kind of a special magic to it when it was just the Magic Kingdom. But, you know, here's this new thing that they're developing, and it's got this, it's got Walt Disney written all over it, you know, because this was something that he had his, his hand in when they talked about Epcot, at least the story we were told at the time, had his hand in it. So what was that like kind of being out there and being a part of that, experience that magic did do you remember any of that it was it, it was pretty cool but uh it, it was just a, a a lot of work i mean we had to you know do a lot of training uh did a lot of you know practice i, I was in uh, food operations i worked at a restaurant and it was just a, a lot of long days in preparation stuff and of course you know we got to do some of the previews uh you know and be able you got a chance to look around so it was really neat seeing everything it was really brand new, and actually, you know, still, you know, finishing touches were still being put on things. You know, just uh, all the last-minute, um, you know, detail work that has to be done in any kind of a construction job that big. Mm-hmm. But when we were getting the restaurant ready, it was uh, it was just a lot of work. It was, but it was great. It was a lot of uh, excitement about it. Uh, we had a pretty good crew um, out there, um, coming from you know various areas of the Magic Kingdom. Uh, it was. 
great making new friends too. You know, the uh, you know came from all parts of the um, operation. So you know, I came over from Frontierland Foods, worked with people that came over from like Tomorrowland Terrace, and some of the other you know restaurant operations, and you know, so it was a chance to actually you know make a whole new set of friends, and it was just a um, you know it, it was just a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun, and it was it was well worth it. Well worth it. That that's cool. You know, and the the thing is. You know, here I was. I was a I was a regular guest to the parks, and I would go up. and I remember trying to catch glimpses of Epcot as it was being constructed. You know, and you you try to find ways to to get as close to it as you can so you can see it. You know, it's the it was the largest privately funded um, construction site um, in the world at the time, and that to me just speaks of remarkable nature of it. And it had a kind of a tight timeline. Um, it was you know basically two years from the time it started, uh, two and a half years from the time it started until the time it finished. And um, for something that size and that scale, that's remarkable um, that it was able to get done that way. And I, I can still remember seeing the um, spaceship Earth kind of rising off in the distance. That was the big thing that you could always tell kind of how it was going because you'd see it as the uh, shell and then you'd see it with the, the covering on it. Oh, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and, it, you know, for us on the outside, that was the way you knew it was, it was proceeding because you kind of got to see that. Yeah. And, and for me, though, you know, mostly I got to see the, uh, the drainage canal circling the uh, Epcot Center. I was on a drag line building the canals. <laughs> hey, you know, that's important, too. I work just sitting on the back of the equipment. I was actually an oiler, and my job was to fire up the, you know, the drag line, which is, uh, for those not familiar with construction equipment, drag line is just a big crane with a, a bucket on the end of a, of a cable. And my job was to, you know, start up the equipment in the morning, get everything, make sure everything was greased properly and ready for the operator to start working. And then whenever we had to move it, you know, keep greasing the tracks, move it 100 feet, stop grease the tracks, move it another 100 feet, stop grease the tracks. So it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it actually sounds, you know, as much as it sounds like work, it sounds like it's a lot of fun, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just as an aside on the on the process there, you know, kind of from the engineering perspective of it, the, the drainage area is one of the most important things that happens in, in all of the parks, especially in Epcot. The fact that you can go there, it can be a torrential downpour, and shortly after that, everything's dry. Yep. Um, and the drainage canals have a lot to do with that, um, you know, because that's where the water goes. Especially in Central Florida, water management is critical. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, they, it, it rains there more than pretty much anywhere else in Florida, and I think more than anywhere else except for, like, the Pacific Northwest in the, uh, in the United States. Um, so certainly that's, a, that's an important part of it, and that's really cool. I mean, you, know, you think about just the massive part of that construction, and you're just, you know, you're one cog in the giant wheel that is that machine, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of making the construction happen. Um, so you went along and you, uh, you wound up, um, working in the Odyssey restaurant, right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah, I was, uh, part of the opening crew. Uh, so I worked both the Odyssey restaurant, which was, you know, the, the front was, you know, the guests, uh, used. And we also had the employee cafeteria. So, ah. um, I would work both sides of the house. I would work both the Odyssey cafeteria and the employee cafeteria. So I actually got to, you know, meet a lot of the people that were coming through, you know, in all, you know, all types of jobs, you know, uh, whether they were working in the, you know, attractions or, you know, the, and other food operations or whether they were part of you know, the maintenance crew. Um, and, and it was really, and, and I don't know if I ever told you this story before, Dave, uh, but it's actually one of the reasons why I actually decided to uh, change majors and start studying industrial engineering was I was working in the employee, you know, the employee cafeteria. And I met an industrial engineer, and he came through the food line, and we we're just, you know, chatting for a bit. He had some stuff with them. We just.
just started talking, I was, and I was asking about what he did there, and he started describing you know, the work he did and all that, and that actually is one of the uh, two people that influenced me uh, into studying industrial engineering that really started my, you know, my professional career. Uh, and I also have a, a, a relative who's an industrial engineer. So between, you know, this engineer that I met at Epcot Center, you know, uh, just after the opening, um, and my cousin, that's what set me on, on my career path, and I decided to study industrial engineering. I did not know that. That's really interesting. Um, you know, I've, I've told the story before that, for me, industrial engineering kind of came about because I was really fascinated by the way Disney could manage sort of its its crowds and sort of the interaction of, of the way things worked. You'd get in a queue, and you'd go through that queue, and you never felt like you were standing in line. Yeah. And that was one of the things that fascinated me. And once I realized that that was an industrial engineer who kind of is, would be that process kind of person, I was like, that's the field I want to get into. So similarly, you know, Disney kind of influenced me in, a, in an indirect way. Yeah. So, and. And it was really funny, you know, because, you know, I worked at, uh, you know, as part of the opening crew for Epcot, I worked some you know, good operations. It was that chance meeting with an industrial engineer along with my cousin that set me on that path. Uh, but then later on, uh, when I was uh, towards, you know, um, oh, I guess my junior, senior year of college, I actually got, you know, that undergraduate co-op in industrial engineering there at Disney. And our office was right behind Mexico. <laughs> was in a trailer behind Mexico, and then my boss and I, you know, the engineer uh, I reported to during that summer, um, before the park would open, he and I would go out, and we would walk the park before it opened to the guests, and just pointed out, the, you know, uh, a lot of things, and it was uh, really interesting because we would talk about, you know, these kinds of things about, you know, how do you manage, you know, the flow of people around that, you know, what, you know, how would you model it, how would you design. You know, future parks or future attractions and stuff to accommodate this flows. You know, where were their potential for making improvements uh, in the existing park and stuff? Uh, and it, it was something that we, you know we just did on a regular basis, and it was uh, it, it was really interesting seeing it from a, a different perspective and looking at Epcot in sort of a different light. And at that time, it was really you know uh, uh, a key a key thing for us is what we call like the voice of the customer and understanding things from a the, the guest perspective, mm-hmm. and when we walked around trying to look at it through the guest eyes, and as an engineer, uh, think about you know that guest experience and stuff. Uh, and then the manager I reported to, he actually invented he something he called guestology, and it was just a you know just a fascinating thing. And so, but the you know it, it really was a springboard for you know other things that I did. You know, at Disney, and then also later in my career after I left Disney, uh, that first experience, both you know, working as a cast member in the opening crew, you know, uh, being in that that long twenty some odd hour day for that first day, of, you know, spent twenty hours on the job on uh, that very first day, wow. and, but also you know what I did later and some of the things that I did, you know, as a, both an undergraduate and a graduate co-op in the engineering department there at Disney is just a fantastic experience. It's, and, uh, you know, I still talk about to this day, even when I'm quality classes at my work and everything in my current job, I still talk about my Disney experiences and point out, like, the lessons that I learned that, you know, I still use every day in my day-to-day work now as a, you know, as a quality engineer. That's amazing. You know, and that's, that's one of those things that, that Disney imparts into you is, you know, you, you learn as much from it as, as, you, as you 
give to it. And it's, it's really kind of neat because I, I find things that I do today that I learned sort of from Disney along the way, um, from working there and even from being a guest in the parks at times. There are certain things that they just do so well or you think about and you go, wow, I can kind of use that wisdom. Um, oh, yeah. I wanted to go back for a second. You talked about we talked about the Odyssey Restaurant, and for those of you who aren't familiar with the Odyssey Restaurant, was um, it was actually right there by Mexico. It was in the uh, in the entryway between uh, Future World and World Showcase on the left side, right by um, the World of Motion. Right by the World of Motion there. Yeah, World of Motion. Yep. And um, it's it's interesting because that restaurant. It, it I always found that that restaurant suffered from the same kind of identity crisis that the Tomorrowland Terrace does in the Magic Kingdom. Where it's just sort of, it's kind of just far enough off the beaten path where people don't go into it for some reason. Right. And it's the strangest thing. So as I understand it, the Odyssey Restaurant is currently closed, though I think it's reopened a couple of times over the years. Yeah, they usually reopen it, or they usually use that space for like the food and wine festival. They may hold, you know, tastings there or seminars, things like that. Right. Um, But in terms of regular operations, yes, as far as I know, now of course... I haven't been back there in a while, but as far as I know, it's still unused. Right. And, and you're right. You know, it, it wasn't quite clear. Were, you know, were we a part of World Showcase? Were we a part of Future World? Because we're right in the middle there, and it was never very clear. From the theming, it was, you know, more neutral uh, in terms of its of its theming. Not clearly, in, in, you know, in one part of Epcot or another part of Epcot. It was. I always found that to be interesting because you know I went in there a few times, but I'm kind of like, where is it exactly? What are we? What are we doing here? You know that sort of a thing. But um, really, really kind of interesting. And the other thing I wanted to point out was the um, uh, back talking about the uh, where the cast member um, cafeteria was. You know, at Epcot it's there, and in the Magic Kingdom it's it's in the Utilidors. But it's interesting how you know we have the you know the guests see the restaurants, but the 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 cast members also have a restaurant that they can use um, and often do. Uh, because it makes life easier, and it's you know it's it's a way to to be able to get um, similar food that you have in the fast food restaurants around the uh, the Magic Kingdom, or should I say, the counter service restaurants? I don't want to call it fast food. Um, so I always found that interesting because you have that uh, you know that cast member side of it that most guests never see or don't even think about. You know, where do the cast members go when it's time to eat? Oh yeah, yep. So that's uh, that's kind of neat, and it happens to be right there, or what? I'm assuming it's still there, but right there behind where the Odyssey Restaurant is, so the cast members go in through a back entrance, so you don't see them going in. Exactly, and it was fairly close to where the locker rooms and everything were. Right. And the uh, the bus terminal for the you know the bus that would take go around the uh, outside perimeter to take uh, cast members to the you know the various countries and world showcase and all that you know to get to their work location. Right, because you have the main entrance. Cast members come in, they change in the locker, they get they get dressed, and then they're going to head off to their work location. But because they might be themed for some location, we uh, they go around the back side of the park so that way nobody sees them. And that's you know that's one of those hallmarks of Disney again, where it's it's all about theming and being appropriate for the place you're in. So I always thought that's one of those things that just amazes me because you never see somebody out of place. Yep. You, don't, you don't see somebody from with a um, a United Kingdom, let's say, uh, costume on, standing around Norway. So yep. and that's why. Um, so I always found that kind of interesting. Um, so uh, you know you. Uh, you know, obviously being there right at the right at the opening, I, I imagine that was kind of cool right when it opened that you had some, you know, some you know, interesting things. I mean, I, probably not everything went according to plan um, <laughs> at opening. You know, having been constructed in two and a half years and everybody gets trained quickly, I have to imagine there were some, you know, some moments where everybody just kind of scratched their head and went, what do we do now? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure there were. Uh, I just, you know, I, again, it was way back. Uh, I just remembered, you know, the... Just the you know the week leading up to opening day, 
and then actually oatmeal was just you know just lots of hours. I mean, we just sure. worked a lot, and it was just make sure everything was ready. You know, we're doing you know we're um, doing like rehearsals and stuff. And when I say rehearsal, you know, actually like you know it was a restaurant, but we we're just you know producing food, running you know uh, just. Uh, having you know uh, people like go through, you know, create a simulated line so we could just see you know, how how everything was going to work, make sure that everybody knew what their jobs were, how all the pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and I was in the um, in the kitchen crew. Uh, I was, you know, um, and it's just it was just opening day, and even the the days after was just you know, just a tremendous amount of work that we had to do. Sure, uh, but it was good. Not to say everything went off perfectly and stuff, but I think at least in this part that you know we did, we didn't do bad. And, and of course, like everywhere else, you know, we were swamped. I mean, it was working the kinks out, but I think we did a pretty good job. You know, we, we quickly established a routine. We, you know, we got it down. You know, everybody you know really gelled pretty quickly in terms of understanding what their jobs were, what they had to do, um, and you know, we really you know. We settled in pretty quickly into that. You know, um, most of us already had quite a bit of food experience. You know, previously, um, I had already had a couple of years of experience in you know, fast food restaurants from the Magic Kingdom, and so it was pretty easy to you know, to really settle in and, and really get things you know, um, you know operating the way they should. You know, they needed to be operating. That's cool. Um, you know, I just, I can only imagine what that was like. I mean, I remember what it was like in a well-established place when I was working in the Emporium and it was still a lot of work, but it was well-established. Um, you know, and so I can only imagine what it would have been like when it was new. Um, you know, just how much more, um, challenging it probably was in some ways, you know, just unexpected things, you know, and you're, you're doing stuff and you're learning from it and, uh, they are too. (laughs) Oh yeah. It was, it was, it was a great experience though. It was something that, you know, how many people get to say they opened a theme park not, you know, there's a fair number, but not that many, really. I mean, right, yeah. it's, that's really amazing. So I got, I got to ask you, what was it like to kind of, you know, live Walt's dream? You know, he had this, he had this idea for, for this, this prototype community of tomorrow. This wasn't exactly it, we know, but, you know, it was still kind of neat. It was an international community that we really hadn't seen before. It had sort of the future world feel, and there was some interesting technology that was on display there. And I imagine you visited the park at times, too, when you weren't a, when you weren't a cast member or when you, um, you know, when you weren't working. Um, yeah, I, I think for me the, the most, the, the really the, the the most interesting thing about it, you know, at least at that time, because again, you know, sort of like you at that time, yeah, you, know, you kind of describe you know you're you're a teenager and it was like that. I would say you know, I just finished um, or you know had, had, had was already out of high school, but I was getting ready to you know figure out what I want to do in college and stuff. But I think for me, you know, really what it was a great experience was just the interaction with uh, people from other countries because uh, the uh, the people that worked, you know, the cast members and the World Showcase Pavilion, you know, they were all from all these different countries. And really at that time, and, you know, I'm, I'm half Brazilian. You know, I used to, when I was growing up, I traveled to Brazil all the time, and I was used to, you know, like the Latin culture and stuff, but it was really the first time that I got to work with people from Europe or, you know, people, and especially like when I was working in the cafeteria, you know, working from people from all these different areas of the world and just talking to them and stuff and learning a little bit more. Uh, of course, you know, met a couple of attractive ladies from Norway and stuff like that. Always a pleasure, pleasure yeah. That's always a nice thing. Um, but, but I think that was the, the really the best part about the whole thing, you know, 
when you work at a restaurant, restaurant to restaurant to restaurant, you know, whether you're at Disney or something like that, but just that fact that I got to work with people from all over the world was great. And just hearing their stories and hearing, you know, um, like them talk about, you know, the countries they came from and what, you know, life was like for them back home and all that and what their experiences were and kind of seeing, you know, Florida, you know, coming over to the States and working and stuff through their eyes, that was the really for me, was the, the experience about the whole thing. Yeah, and that's really cool, because you got to remember, for the listeners out there, the world was a much larger place at that point in time. You know, you didn't have as many um, international people working in the United States as you do today. The, um, and there was no there's no internet or YouTube right? or anything like that. Right, so cultural differences still existed to a large degree, and you know, American citizens, you know, we were still, a lot of the world viewed us as ugly Americans when we'd go over to other countries because we tried to bring our customs to them. And, you know, you heard all those stories. But that's all changed over the course of 30 years now, and things are different. And we have a much smaller world. We have the Internet. We have the ability to see what other cultures are like. More people here. We, you know, we travel more, abroad more often. So it's, I, I would say it's different now. And at the time, that, that must have been a remarkable thing to see all these people from other countries and be able to chat with them about their stories and stuff. That. That's cool. Oh yeah, it was it was such a, it was it was uh, for me it was a very uh, it was a great part of the experience. And I'd also like to point out to people, I had a um, podcast I did uh, a while ago. It's earlier in my in the queue here, but I had done one where I talked about Disney's influence um, and the way that they got a special type of visa that was worked out, so they could bring in workers who could work in the uh, in the World Showcase pavilions and uh, be on a special visa to be able to do that. And it just made it a little more interesting because, you know, Disney, in a way, kind of influenced influenced law in that case um, to be able to kind of build this World Showcase uh, exhibit and have people working there from different countries. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it really does – it's just – I find that part of it, another part of it, fascinating just because there was so many things going on. I mean, you know, here's – it's international community, you know, and everybody's kind of scratching their head. I remember going through it the first time I went there. And I'm walking along and I'm seeing these different pavilions for countries and I'm going, this is really cool. You know, I hadn't been to any of these countries at that point. Um, you know, I'd been to a couple of other countries, but I hadn't been to any of these countries. And I was looking at it, and I thought, wow, this is really remarkable. I can only imagine what it would be like to be in those countries. And when I did get to go to some of those countries, yeah, I, I was like, wow, I remember what it was like at Disney. And Disney got a small taste of it. You know, it's like, it's like you know, taking a little nibble of a cookie, right? You know what the cookie tastes like, but you haven't had the whole cookie yet. It's kind of neat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It certainly was. And it's just, just amazing how, um, how some of these things <clears throat> came together. So, um, you, um, you know, you, you've been there many times since. I know you haven't been in a while now, but you've been there many times since. There's a guest going back and, and looking at it, um, you know, through the, through the eyes of someone who, who was an opening day cast member. What do you think about it now? Um, well, uh, when I go back to Epcot, Epcot what do I think it, about it now? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it has been a while. Uh, I, it's still my favorite park. Of all the of all the parks out at Disney, it is still my favorite one. I mean, it's one that you know the Magic Kingdom was was a lot of fun. I, I I actually did two tours of duty to the Magic Kingdom. I worked in uh, Frontierland Foods when I first started at Pecosville. I worked at Epcot Center for a couple of years, and then I went back to the Magic Kingdom. And I worked in um, attractions. I was at Space Mountain, the Tomorrowland attractions, and then Phantom attractions. I was at the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I then went to Magic Kingdom Parking. Um, I did some engineering studies out at the uh, the studios when that opened. Um, and then it was towards really the tail end of my career with Disney before I left uh, when the Animal Kingdom opened and everything. But 
for me, Epcot will always be my favorite park. That's kind of neat the way, you know, you kind of find, you find a favorite based on, you know, the things that you experienced there, right? The things that, that you did. For me, it's still yeah. the Magic Kingdom, and, it's, and a lot of it has to do with having worked in the Emporium for a, large, for a period of time. You know, because I love some of the other parks, and they've all grown on me in different ways. But you know, I think it's because of my my personal experience working in the in the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom is my favorite. Had I worked in some of the other parks, that might have changed. Oh yeah, and, and for me, it was because of being in that opening crew, mm-hmm. and also just you know the nature of the park just appealed to me. You know, because of the kind of person that I am. You know, I remember I'm that that tree hugging hippie liberal. So. <laughs> Uh, it was. Uh, it, it's part of it, yeah. You because know, there, there was this. Yeah, you know, there's this spirit there to, you know, to the park, and yeah. kind of what it stood for, and, and what Walt's vision for it was. You know, where it was supposed to be something that, in the original intent, it, it was a place for that people could come together. Exactly, and that you know, I think that's one of the remarkable things about it that it, it, it didn't. It didn't. Like I said, it didn't quite fulfill on Walt's vision. But it was a nice second place, I think, where it still kind of gave some of the sense of that, where people came together. You brought technology and people together, and at least you had that experience. Yeah. And I think that's, that still exists today to a large degree. It's, it's pretty neat. Um, but that, you know, it just sounds like an amazing thing, just an amazing time to be working there at, the, uh, at, uh, at Epcot. Oh, yeah, it, it absolutely was. It, it was an experience that I won't trade for anything. And that's what's cool about it, you know. When you can say when you can say that about an experience you have, you worked long hours, you worked, you know, you worked in a food food shop that uh, you know that was just opening. And I can imagine, you know, at moments in time, you were probably like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> but you look back on it now, and you go, "It's a remarkable thing," and you, you you treasure it, and it's something special. And I just think that, you know, that's the story that's worth telling right there. That it's just it's something that's really unique, and you know, you have a unique perspective on the world as a result. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Charles, it's always a pleasure talking to you on my podcast. It's always a pleasure talking to you anyway, but thank you for coming on my podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. I, Dave, I really appreciate it. I, um, you know, I know our respective lives have been pretty busy with family and, you know, and my moving away from Florida up here to beautiful North Carolina, but it's always a pleasure to chat with you and all that. And, of course, give my regards to the family. Yeah, same here. Yeah, absolutely. Got to you know, got to say hi to the family for me. And uh, we're going to have to do a family trip to Disney again one of these days. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially because you know, I got the mini my the minivan I've got now has a six cylinder, not that lame four cylinder. Last time we raced our minivan. Oh right, I remember that the race we had. Yeah. <laughs> Before Disney security caught up to us, and well, I'll stop the story now. But. <laughs> That was so funny. Oh my god, I forgot. I kind of forgotten about that. But you forgot about the mini, great minivan race. The great minivan race. That was so oh, so funny. That was good. Yep. That was, was the best of times. So not. Yeah. No. And that's the thing. You know, it's it's like we have we have these these interesting you know um, memories of, of different things. I mean, because we we were friends before we had families, and we we went to the parks and we did different things, and now we have families. And we've hung out there, and it's just been a, a really fun time, and it's really it's really cool. Oh yeah. yeah. And that's. Uh, you know, to me, for me personally, that's that's what Disney is all about. It's about, you know, kind of, it, it is that coming together thing. And it's kind of the, the, you know, there's a certain magic to it. And you're just having fun with family and friends and really just enjoying yourself. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, very cool. Absolutely. Well, folks, you know, thanks for joining us on the podcast. And uh, remember, if we can dream it, we can do it. Bye now. 
thank you for taking a ride with us on the Dave's Disney View podcast. Show notes, more information about this podcast, and about other great podcasts on the web can be found at DisneyPodcast.net. Also, you'll find some links to Dave's iPhone applications. See and share hidden Mickeys or organize your pins when you go pin trading. Our thanks go to Craig, also known as Sound of Music. Craig produced the original music you hear in this podcast. You can find Craig's work at ReverbNation.com slash SoundA. Also, our thanks go to Doug at GeekAcres.net for his continued contributions to the show. Now, please gather your personal belongings and watch your head and step as you exit. Show number 112.